The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, one of the most famous shipwrecks has finally been discovered at the bottom of a sea in Antarctica. Plus, why the letter Z has become a Russian pro-war symbol and post-punk Alvin and the Chipmunks. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. The most famous shipwreck in Antarctica, Ernest Shackleton's Endurance, has been found after over a hundred years, specifically a hundred years to the day after Shackleton's funeral. From the New York Times, quote, Endurance, a 144-foot, three-masted wooden ship, holds a revered place in polar history because it spawned one of the greatest survival stories in the annals of exploration. Its location, nearly 10,000 feet down in waters that are among the iciest on Earth, placed it among the most celebrated shipwrecks that had not been found. Shackleton left England aboard the Endurance with a crew of 27 in 1914, bound for a bay on the Weddell Sea that was meant to be the starting point for an attempt by him and a small party to be the first to cross Antarctica. Shackleton never made it to the Pole or beyond, but his leadership in rescuing all his crew and his exploits, which included an 800-mile open boat journey across the treacherous Southern Ocean to the island of South Georgia, made him a hero in Britain. Shackleton was tripped up by the Waddell's notoriously thick, long-lasting sea ice, which results from a circular current that keeps much ice within it. In early January 1915, Endurance became stuck less than 100 miles from its destination and drifted with the ice for more than 10 months as the ice slowly crushed it. As the ship became damaged, the crew set up camp on the ice and lived on the ice until it broke up five months after the ship sank. End quote. Explorers and scientists have long wanted to find the shipwrecked Endurance, in part because of the heroic narrative that's been built up around Shackleton and his crew, and because the discovery represents a massive, some had said impossible, challenge. Quoting the BBC, the project to find the lost ship was mounted by the Falklands Maritime Heritage using a South African icebreaker, Agalhas II, and equipped with remotely operated submersibles. The mission's leader, the veteran polar geographer Dr. John Shears, described the moment the cameras landed on the ship's name as jaw-dropping. We have successfully completed the world's most difficult shipwreck search, battling constantly shifting sea ice, blizzards, and temperatures dropping down to negative 18 degrees Celsius. We have achieved what many people said was impossible. And continuing from the BBC, the Waddell Sea is pretty much permanently covered in thick sea ice, the same sea ice that ruptured the hull of endurance. Getting near the presumed sinking location is hard enough, never mind being able to conduct such a search. But herein also lies part of the success of the FMHT project. This past month has seen the lowest extent of Antarctic sea ice ever recorded during the satellite era, which stretches back to the 1970s. The conditions were unexpectedly favorable. 
end quote. And unlike that ship off the coast of Rhode Island I mentioned last month, which still has parties debating whether it is actually Captain Cook's HMS Endeavor, this ship is undeniably the Endurance. Photos and videos captured by drones show the ship in remarkably good condition, with its nameplate still fully intact on the stern. Of course, Captain Cook's ship was 250 years old, not just 100, and Shackleton's endurance had the key advantage of being located in extremely cold water, without any wood-eating marine organisms around. Pretty solid preservation conditions. Marine archaeologist and exploration director of the expedition, Minson Bound, described the ship as, quote, without any exaggeration, the finest wooden shipwreck I have ever seen, by far. End quote. The ship has still become home to many deep-sea organisms, just not the kind that would munch on its wood. Deep-sea polar biologist Dr. Michelle Taylor told the BBC that the ship is, quote, "...sprinkled with an impressive diversity of deep-sea marine life. Stalked sea squirts, anemones, sponges of various forms, brittle stars, and crinoids related to urchins and sea stars all filter feeding nutrition from the cool, deep waters of the Weddell Sea." End quote. The $10 million exploration, funded by an anonymous donor, made use of two battery-powered submersibles that used sonar to scan the seafloor within a wide range of the last recorded location of the ship by its captain and navigator, Frank Worsley, back in 1915. The wide range was in order to account for errors in Worsley's navigation equipment. The drone submersibles chosen were called Sabertooths, manufactured by Saab and designed specifically for autonomous deep-sea exploration, maintenance, and monitoring. When the ship was spotted, the Sabertooths used high-resolution cameras to take photos and videos, some of which you can see at the kotki.org link in the show notes. No artifacts will be pulled out of the water, however. Per the Antarctic Treaty, a global agreement to protect the region, the shipwreck is classified as a historical monument, so the crew and their submersibles are not allowed to touch or remove any part of the ship. All research and future exhibits based on the wreck will be from images and scans taken by the Sabertooths. The whole team is now en route back to Cape Town, but they hope to call into South Georgia where Shackleton is buried so they can, as Dr. Shears put it, using Shackleton's nickname from his crew, quote, pay our respects to the boss, end quote. The letter Z has been appearing in a lot of places, on politicians' lapels, on a gymnast's uniform, tagged on buildings and cars, and all over social media. The Z is the symbol of the pro-war faction, people who support Putin's invasion of Ukraine. But why a Z, and how did it spread? At first, the Z was interpreted as a two, perhaps representing that fateful Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022, when Russia ratified an agreement of cooperation and mutual assistance with the self-proclaimed breakaway regions of Donetsk and Luhansk. After all, the use of Z was confusing to some who know that the letter Z in Cyrillic does not look like the one we're seeing displayed everywhere. The BBC clears that up a bit, quote, While the Z in the Russian Cyrillic alphabet is written differently and looks like a three, most Russians recognize Latin letters. Emily Ferris, Russia and Eurasia Research Fellow at the Royal United Services Institute, says the Z is a powerful and easily recognizable symbol. Often with propaganda, the simplest things catch on the quickest, says Aglaya Snetkova, a lecturer in international politics at the School of Slavonic and Eastern European Studies at University College London. It looks rather intimidating and quite stark. From an aesthetic perspective, it's a very powerful symbol. 
end quote. And many say it originates from its use by the Russian military, where the Z, sometimes inside a square, triangle, circle, or star, has been seen painted in white on military vehicles. Other letters like O, X, A, and V also sometimes appear on the vehicles, and some experts have said this could be identifying certain locations or units, or labeling the vehicles as Russian so as to avoid firing against each other. What exactly all the letters mean is still not exactly clear. When used in non-military spaces like on social media, some people were thinking that the V stands for Vladimir Putin and the Z for President Zelensky, which doesn't quite track since Zelensky's first name, Vladimir, also starts with a V. Whatever the Z means exactly, it has certainly taken off with pro-invasion proponents. And not all of it is organic. Quoting The Guardian, Just three days after the invasion, the Kremlin-funded state network RT announced on its social media channels that it was selling Z merchandise, including t-shirts and hoodies, to show support for Russian troops. Since then, countless flash mobs across the country have been organized by the authorities, in which young Russians are seen wearing a Z shirt while displaying their support for the war. The Z letter has also been painted on large Soviet-era apartment blocks and posted on street advertisement signs. A number of schools have also posted images of children standing in a Z formation. One image that's been circulating online since Sunday showed terminally ill children from a hospice in the southern city of Kazan forming a Z to support the invasion of Ukraine. Officials eager to show their support for the war have even pledged to include the letter in the names of their region. Russia has a history of promoting certain signs and symbols to gather support for its military. During the country's annexation of Crimea, Russia heavily promoted the use of the orange and black striped ribbons of St. George. The ribbon now enjoys wide popularity in Russia as a way to show public support for the Russian government and military, end quote. While the Z has been adopted by people outside of Russia, like Serbs as a pro-war demonstration in Belgrade recently, not everyone in Russia supports it. There have been many instances of it being satirized, including memes transforming the Z into the swastika as a critical commentary of the symbol. It's also been used, as so many symbols are, to intimidate opponents. For example, The Guardian points out that members of the opposition art collective Pussy Riot had the Z symbol painted on the door of their apartment. The Russian Department of Defense, on their Instagram, captioned images of the Z with Zapatsinov, meaning for the lads, and images of the V with Sila V Pravda, meaning strength in truth. Is that the original meaning, or just a creative spin on it? Like Q and so many other symbols throughout history, the original direct meaning often matters less than the many ways it's deployed and interpreted as it spreads. In a way, its meaning is formed more as it grows than in its origins. Well, let's end today with a reminder of the good and fun side of social media. But first, we have to start with many years before social media, back in good old 1980. 1980 was the year that graced the world with the certified gold album, Chipmunk Punk, a collection of Alvin and the Chipmunk covers of popular songs, none of which were really punk. The songs included hits like My Sharona, 
crazy little thing called Love, Call Me, and Refugee. The album was remarkable because it was the first Alvin and the Chipmunks album to come out with Ross Bagdasarian Jr. at the helm and voicing the characters after his father and the creator of the Chipmunks had passed away eight years prior. The franchise had largely come to a standstill following his passing, with no new content being produced. The Chipmunks did make a return to Saturday Morning Cartoons via reruns in 1979, which set the stage for the new album, but Chipmunk Punk would be their official return and led to the 80s resurgence of the gang with an all-new cartoon series debuting in 1983. But fast forward to 2015, when someone decided to slow the entire album to 16 RPM and mercifully uploaded it to YouTube. The video's been resurfacing this week thanks to a tweet from podcaster Jeff Blair, who described the slowed-down version as having, quote, "...revealed what was secretly the most important post-punk-slash-goth album ever recorded." End quote. And it really does sound very cool. Here's a listen to the 16-RPM version of Alvin and the Chipmunks' version of Call Me by Blondie. starts sounding like Echo and the Bunnymen in that form. Another Twitter user said that the Heaven is a Place on Earth version would be hauntingly perfect played over the trailer for a Jordan Peele movie, and I don't disagree. Here's a listen to a bit of that one. Someone else said that they tried doing this once with the much more famous A Chipmunk Christmas, but it definitely didn't have the same effect. Yeah, something about chipmunk punk specifically really hit on the exact recipe for eerie, post-punk, almost vaporwave vibes. So if you want to zone out for a bit, I definitely recommend listening to the whole album. The slowed down version that is the original chipmunk one is for a very different mood. Well, that is it from me for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotki.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.